The BNP Paribas Open is down to the final four in the men's singles, while the women are down to the final two. And Friday's action was full of great stuff, with Saturday's tennis promising to be just as captivating. It's been a tournament of stunning shot making and more drama than a soap opera. Tennis at this level is the ultimate reality show. Hello everyone and thanks for being with us on the Tennis Paradise podcast at the BNP Paribas Open in the glorious surrounds of the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. My name is Craig Gabriel, I'm your host, and with me are my friends and colleagues Nick McCarvel and Jill Krabus. Nick will review Friday's action and Jill will preview Saturday's activity and you'll hear from Taylor Fritz, Andre Rublev, the two women's finalists and Rafa Nadal and Carlos Alcaraz. Nick, let's start with the Simona Halep Iga Shreontek semi-final. Well, I love that we're starting there, Craig, because it was a blockbuster, and these two players delivered. You know, Shreontek and Halep, they're both French Open champions. Halep's been at the top of the game for a long time. She's also the 2015 champion here. I actually thought, yourself included, if I'm not wrong, and Jill Kravis actually thought before this match that uh, Halep was the favorite. And it, it was hard to disagree with that. I felt like there was something about Halep, even from that one of those early round matches against Coco Goff, that she was so locked in in this tournament. And she actually had a couple set points in that first set against Fiontek. But Iga herself, if I think back to her tournament, she had three of her first matches, all where she lost the first set, all where she came back to win in three. And then she blitzed Madison Keys 0-1 in the quarterfinals to get to this stage. And these two delivered a match that was, it was TGIF tennis, Friday nights under the lights, you know, women's tennis taking center stage. And it was an enthralling match. You know, the crowd was super into it. And Sviantec saves two set points at 6-4 in the breaker, turns things around, wins that first set, and then it wasn't over from there. You know, Halep does the racket break. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, you know, I think that let out some tension. But in the second set, uh, Sviantec really had to fight for this match. But what she did in the end is she stayed aggressive, really going after her shots. And maybe not necessarily getting to the net, Craig, but having that forward movement in the court. And sometimes where, where things go wrong for Simona is she doesn't have that one big weapon. And Sviantec does. And she's now won 10 matches in a row. She's gonna move up to number two in the live rankings. And Thomas Witkarowski is the coach that she has with her. He was the coach of Aga Radvanska, her Polish countrywoman, when Aga made the final here in 2014. Fantastic stuff. You know, Iga, the way that she, I think even you said it, the way that she's got her confidence on the court, it's just bleeding into everything else in her life. You know, she's confident in her mental game when she's answering questions in front of 10,000 people. Um, actually, let's go ahead and hear from Iga herself. Yeah, I mean, it was really intense. I think really, really physical because I think uh, we had like the longest rallies I played here. Um, at the beginning, I had to adjust a little bit to the new rhythm because Simona was for sure playing a little bit slower than my opponents in previous rounds. Um, and I'm pretty proud that I did that. And um, mentally, I was pretty strong. I think like mentally was the toughest one. And sometimes also coming back in that tiebreaker. Yeah, I mean, just it cost me a lot of energy for sure. But I don't know if like tennis wise, it's the best one for sure. I think I would say it was the most like exciting one. And now to the second women's semi-final, Nick, uh, with a big win for Maria Sakkari. 
Awesome win. Uh, you know, Maria Zachary, I spoke to her coach, Tom Hill, after one of her previous wins. And, you know, he's talking about them putting the pieces together and the building blocks and that Maria is a sponge. And she has still not won a big, big title. She's got one WTA title. It's a 250. This is a thousand. She's been to the semifinals of the French Open, semifinals of the US Open. Is this the chance for Zachary to have her big break breakthrough? I mean, she's now she's she beats the defending champ, Paula Bedosa, who had you know magic dust sprinkled on the court, it seemed, in each of her matches previously. Zachary was able to tame that. She comes through. Now she's gonna play a really in-form player uh, like Sviantek. I like this matchup for Zachary. I, I think oftentimes they can play rather similar, but the way that Zachary is able to come off of a win over Bedosa like that, I think it gives her so much confidence. She's gonna have to bring that physical game. And to me, it's Fiontech who has more of the peaks and valleys. So Zachary, if she can keep that sort of level, even playing field, she's gonna have the biggest title of her career in Indian Wells at WTA 1000. And going into that final, it's uh, Maria Sakari mm. who's got the advantage on Sviantec with a 1-0 lead in their head-to-head. -head. Yeah, you know, I think every player will always tell you both. They're going to say, that's going to give me confidence, and I'm not thinking about it at all. <laughs> so uh, so to know, of course, that she's beaten Sviantec in the, in the one time that they've played, I think that is fantastic for Sakari. But I, I think I go back again to what Tom Hill said because... This is big for Zachary. It's big for Sviantec too, yes. I I'm not discounting that. But for Zachary on the come up, she is a top 10 player. She is a bona fide star in women's tennis. Still doesn't have that one big title. So to know that she has a win previously against Sviantec, I think that's gonna give her a lot of confidence. And hey, Stefano Tsitsipas and what he's done for Greek tennis on the men's side, you could say that Zachary's doing the equal, if not more on the women's side, which is really huge right now for Greek tennis globally. Well, let's hear from her and see what she has to say. I just, you know, tried to make it more physical because that's what suits me better. And, you know, things turned and things changed. So I'm very happy with the way it went. Nick, we've spoken about the ladies now. Now it's your turn to talk about the two men's matches that happened today. Yeah, well, the women played in the evening. The guys were in the day session, and these were the two quarterfinals that were joining, who would join Rafa and Carlos in the men's semis. And this is the bottom half of the draw. Taylor Fritz, great run. He continues it this tournament. I'm going to start with the second match, taking on Miramar Kecmanovic. And I start with him because, Craig, he is growing in his attention from the American public and the way that he has continued to grow both mentally and physically. Michael Russell, his coach, has talked about this. And today, there was just that one blip of a game. He wins the first set in a tie break and then has three double faults midway through the second set, which I, I don't think you or I have ever seen something quite like that. I have a feeling that I've seen four double faults in one game. I'm putting the uh, mockers on him, but I have a feeling it might have been Felix Auger Aliasim. Well, I, I yeah, I'm not sure e either there, but you know, three double faults, Fritz loses that second set 6-3, but he actually told you after that he was so happy he got he had a short-term memory there. Goes into the third set, wins it 6-love. He's the first American man since Roddick in 2009 and 10 to come through and get to back-to-back -back semifinals. He he had that win over Zverev in October here to make the semis. 
and now has this run. You know, I, I just, I appreciate the way that he's had different breakthroughs in his career. You know, top 10 win five years, first top 10 win five years ago here against Chilich. That semi-final breakthrough that he had in 2021, I thought that was huge. The win over Kecmanovic today, was it expected? Yeah, probably for Taylor Fritz, but it helps him get into a second consecutive semi here, Craig. It also helps him get back up to the war, uh, number one ranked American man over Riley Opelka. So I think that's big. Uh, previous to that, Andre Rublev is, is just in fantastic form. You know, there's a lot of attention, us included, around Rafa Nadal against Carlos Alcaraz. Andre Rublev is playing some awesome tennis. 19 and two now this season, 13 match wins in a row. He's already won a couple titles and he comes in here kind of under the radar. And today against Dimitrov, Dimitrov just was not at the level that we've seen him. And I, I was a little bummed because I thought Dimitrov had been playing so well through this tournament, how that went over John Isner to get into the last eight. But Rublev is, it just does everything so well. He's wiry out on court. He's got a really live arm. And 7-5, 6-2, he kind of won this running away. And um, I'm intrigued by this one. Again, all the attention on Rafa and Carlos. I think this is an interesting matchup between uh, Rublev and Taylor Fritz. And um, I, I don't know, for some reason, I just feel like Ru Rublev's done really well to move under the radar in this tournament, playing some great stuff, and he showed it against Dimitrov. Nick, thanks very much. And now to Jill to look at the two enticing men's semis and what an afternoon it's going to be. First up, the American connection left in the singles. Taylor Fritz playing his second consecutive BMP Paribas Open semi, taking on Andre Rublev. Their head-to-head -head is dead even at two all, but Fritz won the last meeting, which was indoors in Paris-Bercy last November, and I was there for that match. Jill, what do you think? I think this is going to be a battle. I mean, Fritz has played some very long matches, but I think he's going to be ready. He loves these conditions. It is very hot, but he loves playing in the heat. I think he's very used to it. His conditioning is so good. But Rublev loves it here as well. They both um, like the way the ball flies through the air because they both hit very hard, having heavy shots from the baseline. It's going to be a battle, and I know Fritz came through their meeting when they met in indoors, but completely different conditions here. I'm going to favor Fritz um, in this matchup, but it's, I think it's going to be a long three-set match. Well, we can hear from both these guys, first from Taylor and then from Andre. Yeah, of course. Uh, I did, you know, I did win that last match, but conditions are, are so different. And the other, the one other win I have over him is here, but so long ago, it's like, you can't even, you know, you can't even think about it. But uh, he's been, he's been hot lately. He's been on a, been on a long match win streak. And I feel like I always play really good tennis when I play with, uh, play against him. I hit like, I don't know, I hit the ball well off of his ball. It's a lot of big, uh, big hitting back and forth. I know that I'm gonna have to serve like I've been serving and then I'm definitely gonna have to uh, step it up from the baseline. The last time I lost to him in, in the end of last year in Paris-Bercy in two sets, not really. I think I had only one break point in the second set in all the match, so not many chances. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Now I know, Jill, you just hinted uh, on a prediction. I know you love these predictions. Not. I can't believe you even preempted it. But I think you should make a prediction. I want precise winner and the number of sets. 
Yes, you know I hate predictions, yeah. Craig, just like you just said. So um, so this puts me in a very uncomfortable <laughs> position. You already suggested who you think, but confirm it. Yes, of course. I'm going to confirm it, I think. Um, but now you have me thinking because Rublev has been playing awesome as well. But I think I am going to stick to Fritz. I think he's going to have the home crowd as well. He grew up very close to here. He's gotten a lot of support in the stands. So I'm going to go Fritz in three. And I think he's going to win the first and third sets. Okay. Boy, that is precise. <laughs> Next up, the all-Spanish encounter. And how cool is this matchup with Rafa Nadal taking on Carlos Alcaraz? But before we go into analyzing the match, let's just listen to Rafa talking about Carlos. He didn't ask me anything, no, he has a great team next to him, I think. Uh, and I think he's unstoppable in terms of um, his career. He has uh, all the ingredients, he has the passion, he has the, uh, he's humble enough to, to work hard. Uh, he's a good guy, remembers me a lot of things than when I was a, a 17 or 18 years old kid, I think. Uh, he has the passion, he has the, the talent and the, the, the physical component that uh, it's, it's great. And I am super happy, uh, even, of course, that's going to be a, a great rival for now and for the next couple of months, without a doubt. But thinking and uh, being, being selfish, uh, it's great, honestly, to have uh, such a star from my country. Because we, for the, for the tennis lovers, we're going to keep enjoy uh, an amazing player uh, fighting for the most important titles for the next, I don't know how many years, a lot of years. Uh, that's my feeling. And from my point of view, that's, that's fantastic for the tennis lovers and he's a the country man and he's a great guy. I like him. I wish him all the very best. Probably not after tomorrow, he plays against me, but in general, that's... <laughs> so, Joe, what do you think on this one? Oh, this one's tough because after watching Alcaraz in his previous match, I left the courts and the stadium and I was thinking oh, he's going to win the tournament. That's how good he looked to me. Of course, Nadal, you, when he's in the draw, I mean, you always feel like he's going to win the tournament every time he's in the draw. And I don't necessarily feel like Nadal's played his best tennis and I feel like Alcaraz has played probably the best I've seen him play um, in his career. So I'm going to go with Nadal in three sets, but that's not super convincing because I did leave yesterday saying that I thought Alcaraz was going to win the tournament. So I know I'm all over the place. Okay, clear, Nadal in three. You are sitting on the fence. <laughs> How many splinters have you got? Okay, we'll take that as your prediction, your prognostication. But what I really love about Alcaraz is that element of innocence. It's all so new and exciting to him. And that, that just is such a thrill to watch. So let's hear from Carlos Alcaraz talking about playing his hero, Rafa Nadal. It's my idol uh, since I, I'm a kid, so uh, it's never easy to uh, to play against him. But uh, I think it's gonna be a, a great match. I think it's a great experience for me meet him uh, in a in a Master 1000 semi-final here in Indian Wells. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna have fun out there and uh, enjoy every second every single second. Uh, in the in the match and uh, yeah it's a great experience for me so for now Jill Krebus you are on the spot thanks very much
Also on Saturday, the women's and men's doubles finals. So once again, we are going to be treated to some amazing tennis. On Saturday, when you get to the Indian Wells Tennis Garden, do go to the Bank of the West Living Wall in the Exhibitors Village and pick up a free earpiece and you can listen to the commentary and the comments while watching the action live. It's a different perspective. That's it for episode 14 of the Tennis Paradise podcast. Thank you for listening in. On behalf of Nick and Jill, till the next day at the BNP Paribas Open, this is Craig Gabriel.